talked at length on this cast about the draconian, incestuous nature of Hollywood movie making and uh, IP regurgitation. What is it called when the cow regurgitates its food to eat again? It's called cud, right? That's what movies are now. It's cud. <laughs> wow. When you say draconian, <laughs> yes. What do you mean by that? Like draconic for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, blood sucking. It's bad. It's evil. It's dark. It's not good. Ah, uh, yes. Like preying upon the weak and vulnerable and impressionable. <laughs> Taking advantage of the less fortunate. That's what's happening right now. We need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero. That was a cool rendition of that song. Yeah, I love that. You know what else we don't get enough of, Stephen? The bullet train. I was thinking about that as the movie started. I think the only time I can remember a bullet train being a centerpiece in a blockbuster was Mangold's first Wolverine movie. Oh, yeah. Where he's with... The Wolverine. Yeah, The Wolverine. I couldn't remember what it was called, so I just called it Mangold's first Wolverine film. It was The Wolverine, where he fights... Was it... I think he was fighting Yakuza. Yakuza. There's me again, being the, being the gringo. He's fighting bad guys on the bullet train. And it, I think it might entire, it might be entirely CGI. I don't know if they actually shot on the train. I don't know if they shot on the train in this movie. They look like sets. But the bullet train is such a great concept and such a cool action set piece. Yeah. And for this whole movie to like happen on the train was really cool. In the Japan, heart surgeon, number one. <laughs> what is that from? The office. Oh. <laughs> Heart surgeon, number one. <laughs> you never seen that? No, I probably have. I just don't remember things as well, well as you. To be honest, I didn't think we'd be doing this episode. I feel like I say that a lot on our podcast. I'm I, like, I, I, today's going to be would. a weird one. Today's going to be. Uh, it's always a weird one with you. Yeah, because I'm like, this is not. This isn't super. But it is cult, like culty, cult classicy. You know, like Maybe. it's it's more of like a blockbuster. Time will tell. But there's something about this movie that I actually really enjoyed, and we're here to talk about it. Was it the My name's Steven. This is Gabe. And I'm the Cult Popcast. <laughs> Here's what we do on this show. We talk about... We talk. We just we just hang out. We basically have the conversation we'd be having anyway, but we... Thought- we eat ramen and fried gyoza and <laughs> beer Ch- and chocolate <laughs> silk pie, and then come on here super bloated and... and 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 brain cells not firing, and we try to do an episode. It's amazing that we get anything done. It's more amazing that anyone listens it's to us. It's amazing I'm not shitting my pants right now. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> that comes later. Nobody knew who I was until I shit my pants. <laughs> Perhaps he's wondering why someone would do a podcast before shitting his pants. <laughs> Bank quotes are the gift that keep on giving, and I think... <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises may be Chris Nolan's best work. I'm kidding, by the way, but but really, Bane is very funny. And any Bane jokes? I do a lot of Bane jokes, probably off off cast. I know you do. I need to bring more into the cast. Well, I think you do enough Bane jokes on the cast. That's fine. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Your chocolate oh, I think we're good. gratefully accepted. <laughs> I hope that translates onto that. <laughs> <laughs> no one's listening to us. We're going to talk about Bullet Train today. Yeah. Uh, the new David Leach film. Who's David Leach, Stephen? David Leach is an American film director. Mm-hmm. Did he begin as a director? <laughs> did he get, Where'd he get his start? Where'd he blow up? David Leach is the uncredited director of John Wick? Is that true? 
Yeah, I think, I don't know, it's been a while since I've researched the original John Wick, but I think he was uh, just as much a part of the creative vision as Chad, who was the, the primary director. Such a Chad. Because I, th- I think, I don't know if this is sure either, but I think Chad and uh, David were both stunt guys, which is why they wanted to make John Wick, which is an entirely like physical action-centric movie, you know? Yeah, I've heard of it. And so they used that as a launching point for their careers. I think David went in a separate direction. I don't know how many Wick films he did, but uh, David eventually did Atomic Blonde, and I think he did Deadpool 2, right? He did Deadpool 2, Atomic Blonde. He did Hobbs and Shaw. Is that, tr- is that right? Yeah, that was uh, that was cinema. That was Kino. <laughs> and now, now in 2022, we're getting Bullet Train, which is David Leach's new film. Uh, what a director! What a guy! Yeah, he has a style. He for sure has a style. It's action, and I think I like it. I think yeah. I do. I think there's a place for it in Hollywood, and it's not. It's not like Michael Bay action. It's not like over the top. Well, it is over the top, but it's not absolutely 100% entirely unbelievable. I, there's like there's like a tinge of believability. Yeah. I think Michael Bay at this point, he takes himself too seriously. And David Leach, I feel I heard like- Ambulance is actually a decent film. Which, do you want to do an Ambulance podcast? I do not. <laughs> I think David Leach knows the amount of seriousness. He's self-aware, I think, with his movies. Because Bullet Train, since that's what we're talking about today- Tonally, I thought was really strong. Yeah. Like it, it had it was compelling, but it wasn't like super self serious, you know. Yeah, the thing I I liked most about Bullet Train is uh, its original nature. Like the, it's not coming from Marvel. It's not coming from some existing IP like Fast and the Furious. This is like a very original movie, and I I enjoyed it for that reason. It had really compelling characters, really compelling story. The screenplay by Zach Olkowicz was adapted from the Japanese novel. I think it was originally called Maria Beetle, which was bullet train in in the US. Mm. And that was by Kotaro Isaka. And I think that was around 2010. So we have, well, of course, bullet train lent a lot of its aesthetic, not just because it was set in Japan, but its whole aesthetic, like visual effects wise, had a lot of Japanese influence. So they're obviously paying homage to the source material and the setting of yeah, the setting, Japan. I think they nailed the kind of the especially the like idealistic uh way of portraying japan like the the neon lights and sort of that that like you know it's like half extreme beauty in, of nature with crazy industrialization you know yeah i think it started in tokyo i'm not sure yeah and then the bullet train went through many different cities yeah. but yeah, yeah tokyo and japan as a whole are such a rich environment, I think, for movie making. It's so even rad. even outside of the neon, yeah. like the noir wet streets, yeah. it, there's so much the countryside and it's always beautiful. And on I film. feel like it's becoming especially in today's uh culture, like it less and less foreign. Like it's it's becoming a lot more familiar. Yeah. You know, Japan as a setting, as a backdrop for a film or yeah. like a story. Which is funny because the West has bled into Japan just as much. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, our two cultures have a lot of interchange with, you know, us consuming their anime and I don't know with them consuming our food, our pizza and our KFC. Yeah. (laughs) Our Kentucky Fried Chicken. I hear it's better over there. I don't know. I hear the vending machines have amazing food in Japan. Why have you got a a biscuit in the shape of a fish? There's so many little throwaway lines in this movie like that that I need. I feel like I need to watch it again to laugh. You go right ahead and watch it again. I'm good. 
I'll probably oh. watch it again in like 15 years. And be so like, why did you hate this movie? Yeah. No, I, I, I liked it just <laughs> fine. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I would give it like probably a B plus or an A minus for me if I were grading it. I don't know why I'd be grading this film. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, it Have would you, probably be a nine. You've seen Deadpool, obviously. Did you, did you see Atomic Blonde? Uh, I've seen bits of Atomic Blonde, but I, the premise of Charlie's Theron uh, being an assassin just wasn't interesting to me, so I never saw it. I, I just wow. watched John Wick for the first time, actually, like oh. two, two or three weeks ago. That's right. Only the first one? Yeah. I haven't seen... I'm going to watch the other two before John Wick 4 comes out next year, but... They're all good. I think one and two are probably its strongest, but I was going to say, I think this might be my favorite David Leach film, not including John Wick 1, because yeah. he wasn't credited, but... Yeah, I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw either, but out of the stuff I have seen, I, I the way that I was kind of gauging doing this episode, I was like, we would probably have done an episode on Deadpool 2 if we were doing this podcast when Deadpool 2 came out, and I actually enjoyed Bullet Train more than Deadpool 2, so here we are. We're doing an episode on Bullet Train. Yeah. So what did this movie have going for it? <laughs> well... There's a there's a lot of things that I think really went for it. There's an, an insane, amazing ensemble cast of of um, actors, like really prominent actors. A lot of cameos and fun little appearances by actors that weren't even marketed on the trailers. Uh, the setting and the backdrop, like we were just saying, of Japan on this bullet train is super awesome. It was very stylistic, and its choice is like constantly flashing back and forth between montages and nonlinear storytelling, which made it just really engaging, and, and there was never really a dull moment. There was a lot of twists and turns as far as the story played out, and that made it also engaging. And then for me, the thing I loved most was, was watching the themes play out, because there's this overarching theme of fate and luck and bad luck and karma. And self-betterment. Yeah. And, and coming <laughs> and things coming back around to either aid you or hurt you. And also like how we perceive fate and karma ideas of luck. And oftentimes when, when even something that may seem like, like an event that is misfortunate to us, how do we react to that and respond to that misfortune was a, a very prominent theme throughout the film that they kept coming back to. And then all of the characters sort of considered themselves lucky or unlucky or, or fateful. And so I really, really enjoyed the play on that, the theme, the reoccurring theme, all the way until the end, the very, very end, and things coming back around. Even characters that you might have thought were dead come back to life mm-hmm. uh, multiple times in this movie. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was just a lot of fun. I would say if if you were trying to pick a movie to watch and you just needed like a really fun popcorn flick and you were on a date or something, this movie is a, a really good watch. It's worth the price of admission. And yeah, I think those are all the positives. Well said. The negatives would also be the fact that it is superfluously flashy and montagey. The montage is both worked in its favor and as a detriment to the storytelling aspect. Because I personally have the taste of a person that likes kind of slower, more thoughtful, pensive, analytical stories that play out in front of you. And this style of storytelling, it's very engaging, but it's also unnecessary, I think. It was a little convoluted. Yeah, it becomes very muddled. Yeah. You know, that's why I think it would be more rewarding to see it again because you wouldn't be working so hard to like, it's not even that it's a mystery or that you're putting the pieces together like a whodunit. It seems like 
oftentimes it's like a little much just to be that kind of uh, flamboyant style, you know, that you mentioned where it's all about the flair and the flash. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that didn't really bother me too much personally. I, I liked it a lot, maybe even a little bit more than you did. I'm just a sucker for that cast, Brian Tyree Henry and um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. They were probably the heart of the film for me, their relationship. But it was it was really fun, like you said, to watch Brad Pitt kind of philosophically stumble around through the whole film. And he's in his journey of like enlightenment, kind of, and trying to get his shit together, I guess, for lack of a better term. So it was really fun to watch those characters kind of banter back and forth, but also just like, I don't know, I, I, ex- I expected a lot of this movie to play out the way it did tonally, but there was a nice amount of heart to it, I guess. Yeah. Brad Pitt's like whole thing about trying to be a better person was, was pretty wholesome, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, which is weird to have a wholesome hitman, but that's what he was essentially, and he didn't even have a gun. I think he said himself in the film that he's usually just a snatch and grab guy, like he doesn't do assassinations, but it was a nice juxtaposition with the rest of the the crew and the darker aspects of the film, like Michael Shannon's insane white death character. Spoilers. We're going to get into spoilers right now. Yeah. Let's talk about the cast really quick and who, who like this star studded insane ensemble kooky cast of characters. Yeah. Um, a lot of them have code names. They don't really have normal names. So we'll start with Brad Pitt. He plays ladybug ladybug which is a fun there's a play on that in the film because it's he thinks it's cute at the beginning because it it would mean lucky for him yeah but then the elder played by hiroyuki sonata yeah i hope i'm not butchering that because he's not he's a legend hiroyuki sonata he's in the film and he explains to brad pitt's character why it's more than that and it's about like taking in all all the bad luck or all the bad karma from around him and kind of absorbing that so that other people can live well Mm -hmm. which is interesting but yeah, Hiroyuki's in the film. Yeah, I love that perspective. He's one of the best people you could have got for that role, I think, yeah. as the elder, as the wise sage. He was great. And his son, who was in the film as a pretty important character and kind of framed the beginning of it for us, was Andrew Koji as Kimura, who I love. He was in. He was the best part of the otherwise pretty rough Snake Eyes film for me. He's also... He was the father. Yeah. He has his own show called Warrior, which I hear is really good, but... He, he was nice. He's probably the most, like, out of the entire cast, he's the one who's, like, acting the hardest in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we had Tangerine and Lemon. Tangerine and Lemon. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry as Lemon. Legends. Brian Tyree Henry is from Atlanta, which is, like, one of our favorite things. It's so crazy to see him doing something else besides his role in Atlanta because he's, that guy's transformative. Yeah, you also just don't usually see too many Americans playing Brits. Yeah. But that's what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> usually it's the other way around. And it was cool to see Aaron Taylor Johnson not playing an American, you know? Yeah. You just hear his, his accent. Not playing a creep either. Yeah. He's a pretty straight shooter, no pun intended. Yep. And then um, Sandra Bullock was the woman in the chair for Brad Pitt. She played Maria. It was, she's the person he's constantly talking to. Bad Bunny. What? That was him. Who is that? Who is that? Bad Bunny is a musical artist and producer, I think. Oh He's like goodness. pretty big with Gen Z. I actually didn't know that until I saw this film being marketed. Uh, yeah, he plays a character named Wolf, and his name is Bad Bunny in real life. 
I don't know if that's his name. I IRL. think it's his handle. Well, it's... I'm Googling Bad Bunny right now. Hold on. He's a Puerto Rican rapper. His name is Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio. That's better than Bad Bunny. That's his, that's his handle. And then Joey King played the little innocent girl who wasn't so innocent. <gasps> Shocker. Playing Prince. Maybe Joey King's best role. Yeah, I've seen Joey King in a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Like and it's too, always too like, many things. And and uh, this was she was really good in this. I think she really showed her her acting chops, honestly, in this. Her movie. humanity or her lack of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting there. With a cute little reveal at the end where she's like you find out the nature of her being on the train. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of cameos. So we had Zazy Beats pop up as the Hornet. I knew there was gonna be a character underneath that suit that she cat was suit. in the trailer i kept waiting for her it's oh, more really? than a cameo yeah she was like like she was just as much of a cameo as bad bunny there was logan lerman who was the yeah. son yeah didn't even recognize didn't even him recognize him in his facial hair and tattoos masioka who played the conductor he was hero from heroes I immediately recognized him yeah that was like you don't forget hero yeah when you've no. seen hero you've never seen yeah exactly the, the time god <laughs> um ryan reynolds popped up for a split second as fucking carver carver the guy that brad pitt was replacing channing tatum yep that was the best one <laughs> played um a train um just a passenger he was there who Brad Pitt paid off to wear his guys, his his glasses and hat. Um, He's got sex he on seemed his like, mind. Yeah, he seemed like he was really into getting down with a dude. Getting down. He said something about... Is this the sex stuff? <laughs> yeah. He, he commented on Aaron Taylor Johnson's swagger yeah, or his something. walk or something. He's a handsome man, to be fair. And then Michael Shannon, who I guess was also in the trailer, but in, in kind of a smaller role, played like the feared and the dreaded yeah. white death the big bad of the film the big bad of the film but he a, he did a pretty good like fun russian accent yeah it was really campy and i loved it and in fact when they spoilers again at the end of the film when the train has crashed and he's like <laughs> all beat up and he's like slurring his words he's not even speaking yeah. like language anymore he's just like <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, he repeats that phrase, I think, a couple times. He's like, ladybug, ladybug, ladybug. <laughs> it was unintelligible, but it yeah. was so funny. We, we were both rolling laughing in the theater. As much as we could roll. Yeah. Uh, and by that, I mean we were sitting still chuckling. But Did you yeah. already say Sandra Bullock? Yeah. That was also one of my favorite Sandra Bullock performances. <laughs> and that's saying something. <laughs> I just haven't seen it recently. And to see her, because she's, like, for the last 30 years, she's played these kind of larger-than-life yeah. romantic comedy. You didn't see that one that was, like, Quiet Place, but it was about not making a sound or whatever? Was, oh, Bird Box. Or not not seeing, not looking. Yeah, Bird Box. You see yeah, that one? I did, yeah. Did you like it? It was fine. It had a few interesting ideas, but you should just watch A Quiet Place instead. <laughs> I think Bird Box did, did one thing better than Quiet Place, and that was, like, the they depicted the monster in a more Lovecrafty and dreadful yeah. way rather than that's what I meant when I said it had some interesting ideas oh, okay. they, I don't think they ever even showed it they did I have or, they, t- there's, or, they go to that guy and he's like seen it and he's drawing pictures of it yeah and that's what's so freaking rad well I was gonna say they have actually concept art of it and you can find it online it's I don't want to ruin the magic for anyone but if you care listener it's like Bird it's box. like a, it's like a hideous little baby thing it's like a little baby man 
I think if I'm remembering it correctly, no, it's like a, it's like a spider thing. No, well, in the film, people, the point of the monster and bird, we're on a total another podcast now, but the point of the monster and bird box is that it takes different like oh, shape form for everybody who sees it because it is your worst fear. That's what makes you like kill yourself. Gotcha. But what the creature is like in the concept art is like a little, like little hideous baby man. It's like a little scary alien thing. That's terrifying. Yeah. You should Google it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Go Google bird box monster. <laughs> He's Googling it right now. See if I'm right. Oh! Yeah, it's like a little baby. Oh, man. no. that You know what that looks like to me? Is like the demon from Passion of the Christ. Yes! When the little demon children are like, hey, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to say is Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I want to see her play more like straight-laced, I guess. Like, I want to see, I want to see a, a bullet train too and have her like play off of Brad Pitt because they seem to have a really cool relationship in this film that is only explored in like the last 60 seconds. Sandra Bullock was in this movie as the voice. We should, we should also mention uh, Karen Fukuhara, who was Kimiko in in The yeah. Boys. She played uh, the concession girl. She seems like the coolest person. I'm surprised she, I mean, I'm not, I am surprised and I'm not surprised that she took this role. It's like, why was Hero from Heroes in it? It's because it's a crazy cast. And of course you're going to say yes to that role, you know? But but I haven't seen Hero in 15 years. And no, I, I watched Kimiko like a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, so no, but Sandra Bullock, she was she was good in this movie called Unforgivable. Um, I think I told you about it. It's like she goes to prison for killing somebody. Oh, yeah. That was, a, I mean, it was a decent film. Like it was, it wasn't crazy amazing but it was interesting and then she was also in the lost city which did really well it was like another sort of rom-commy type film with channing tatum and brad pitt that as a cameo in that film which yeah. is that's why it was funny to see Channing tatum doing cameo in this it's like they swapped cameos yeah they must be friends yeah they must be real life friends. <laughs> let me just project onto them real quick well i mean brad pitt just seems like the nicest guy i just want to say brad pitt if you're listening i'd love to interview you <laughs> Love to have you Come on, on our cast, Brad Pitt. <laughs> That'd be the craziest thing. Would it? Brad Pitt is like the biggest movie star, right? Of the last 30 years. How much would you give me if we could get Brad Pitt on this podcast? I wouldn't give you shit. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't want to. Hey, I don't really want to talk to Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. I'd be intimidated. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I want to talk to Brad Pitt in my mind. Brad Pitt is like. <laughs> in my safe mind place. He was like Leo before Leo. Like there's no one above Brad Pitt. He's like the apex predator. He's like the predator. Whoa. But in a good way. <laughs> but not the 2018 Predator. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's an asshole. No, no, no. Everything I've heard of Brad Pitt is that he's, you know. I just want to shake his hand. Yeah. I want to shake his hand. You big World War Z fan? <laughs> you know what? That movie gets a lot of shit, and maybe rightly Why so. Why people shit on that? I love that movie. Because the book is, like, completely oh, different. Yeah. So if I you're, liked the movie. Yeah, the movie was, aside from there some of the- There was supposed to be a sequel. Yeah, but the movie was kind of shit, so it didn't get one. But You ever heard of a movie called Fight Club? You know, I've never seen it. Oh, what? I know. I'm I'm like revealing myself to the world right now. I'm like taking off my... You and your ramen-stained white t-shirt. <laughs> Come on. It's like one stain. It's literally it's a, so... a pin drop of... <laughs> I'm really self-conscious. I can barely see it. It's, I'm wearing a white shirt. But on. you made such a big deal about it. And listen. The... Listen. Where was he? <laughs> Sandra Bullock. I will watch Brad Pitt do anything. Really? He is... Would you watch Prob him do, would you watch him do porn? Yeah. <laughs> he is like the best. I've never have there has there ever been oh a bad Brad Pitt? Gosh. Not just movie, but like performance. You know what I mean? I don't think so. This cast is off the rails. 
It's off the rails. Think about it's it. off the bullet train. Right? <laughs> it's off the bullet train. This cast is careening. You know what's so funny is that this, the bullet train goes like hundreds of miles per hour or which, something. We, which episode is going to get us canceled? That's the question we're running. It would have been. It would have happened 150 episodes ago. <laughs> we're, we're running. We are sprinting toward the answer to that. No question. one's going to cancel us for the, anyway. That's we're true. Just bring it back. Let's bring it home. Let's wrap it up. What bullet did train. you think of bullet train? I thought it was great. If you could grade it, what would you grade it? Like on a letter grade or a number grade? Letter. Or like a smell? Letter grade. <laughs> letter grade. Letters are A, B, C. Okay. <laughs> D and F. You know, honestly, I would give it like for its class, like for what it's doing, I'd give it like a solid A, A minus. That's what I said. Well, I said B plus A minus. So yeah, I mean, you and I are in agreement. I do. Again. I would. I would like to see it again. I would not like to see a sequel. I know people are probably oh, gunning, yeah, yeah, yeah. gunning for like a spin a spin off or a sequel or like a Tangerine and Lemon spin off. Yeah, I really. This was part of its charm, and part of like you know. It's like Field of Dreams. It's like you don't want to see a sequel to Field of Dreams. Here's my counterpoint, even though I agree with you. I want I want Bullet Train to be Bullet Train and only Bullet Train. Yes. What, you do not need to, and it's going to happen. It's inevitably going to happen, but you do not need to take it and run with it. Let the characters remain dead or alive. Like, let's just keep it. Let's keep it real. But it could be good. Oh, my goodness. Let, yeah, I'm just going to be devil's advocate for a second because, like, for instance, we have the new... Um, like Knives Out spinoff happening soon with Benoit Blanc or whatever his that name is. That is such a different idea because you have Ryan Johnson. No, Ryan Johnson has never made a bad movie. Okay. <laughs> whatever you say, boss. Name name, name the movie. <laughs> we don't talk Star Wars on this podcast. Listen, Last Jedi was the best of the new, the new trilogy. I, I softly agree with you, but here's here's my point. I humbly... but so, That's why I'm saying... That's my point. Best it's, in class. You're saying David Leach. I'm saying, here's what... If, but the source material's gone. The book is it over. It doesn't matter. It's, you're not going to... This can't movie's expand. not... We're not watching Bullet Train for the story, Stephen. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what happened but, in the film. <laughs> Part of the reason that makes Bullet Train good, though, is are the themes and the elements of. So you're of telling playoff. me right now that if Lemon and Meringue or Lemon and Tangerine, <laughs> you're telling I've me I've got silk pie stuck <laughs> on the brain. <laughs> you're telling me that if Brian or Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> and Brian Tyree Henry, yeah, they had uh, like a spinoff film, uh huh, like talking about one of their previous jobs, you wouldn't see that. You want to see a job? I want to see them. No, but like we we got that in this movie. Like yeah, but every have... every character had a flashback montage. You get a flashback montage. You get a flashback montage. I don't need another Bullet Train movie. Please, God, no. All right, that's fine. I'm just trying to be different. If if it's here. actually like like a like a Ryan Johnson idea where you take these characters and you do something entirely different, like the the Knives Out sequel is entirely different. So much so that it has a completely different title. It's called The Glass Onion. Yeah, but it's it, going to be the not... same like Who Done It. Isn't yeah, but it? it's 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 like its own idea. You that, can do that with Bullet Train, but it's not going to be called Bullet Train. You can't build the franchise off. Of yeah, that. yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. You just it's another job. If by it's like Brad, car ride. <laughs> no, 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 no. You could have Brad Pitt Taxi like Taxi ride. Brad Pitt doing a job. Bus. And like, it's going to be speed, and Sandra Bullock's going to be in it, <laughs> and, the, and Keanu Reeves. The, the bus be can't back. go below yeah. eighty miles per hour. Keanu Reeves is back. What is a what is like America's Bullet Train? Do we have one? Hyperloop. <laughs> no. You know what I just read? It's Hyperloop. Since this cast is already fucked, I, I just read online, and again, might not be true, but I just read that Elon Musk 
Hyperloop was like just a sham so we could like get rid of uh, like California's high speed rail system or something like that. Like the Hyperloop was never like actually going to happen. It was just like a... I hope that that's true. It's like a cover story. But it's nice to dream. You know, it's like a dream, you know. Speaking of dream. Pipe dream. A literal pipe dream. Yeah, that's really funny. Do you get it? I do. It's no hyper- one's laughing, but it's really funny. Nobody knows what Hyperloop <laughs> is. Laughing. Hyperloop Somebody's laughing. is a high-speed train that is up in the air on poles, and it's in a tube, like a vacuum tube, and that's why it goes so fast, and it's magnetically propulsed. Here's my pitch. We do Die Hard with Brad Pitt's character from this film. So it's a building. It's not a train. And he just every... We call it we call it high rise. Every story is a cameo. He runs into a new cameo every See? story that he goes up. That's so sick. It, there's no way a bullet train sequel will be successful or, or at least as engaging. Yeah. All I know for sure is that there are far less desil- deserving, you know, and like cinematic universes. <laughs> Or franchises, straight up. Define deserving. Deserving. <laughs> deserving is what happens when you mean to say deserving, and you've had too much chocolate silk pie. <laughs> chocolate silk. We're deserving right now in our chairs. <laughs> I'm dissolving slowly into this. All right, this cast needs to end. We we we, we came here to do. <laughs> we did what we came here to do. <laughs> we came here to do what we did. <laughs> <laughs> we we done did that did thing. <laughs> I hope this is as entertaining to listen to as it is to record. Because <laughs> if not, it's going to be the worst episode. <laughs> Everybody skip the bullet train episode. Oh, if, you've, if you've come this far, there's no way you could skip it. So I would recommend this movie to to people in general. All right, here we're going to play the Japanese version of I Need a Hero. Was it in Japanese? <laughs> Turn it